Welcome to Clientships Customer Experience Superheroes podcast series. My name is Christopher Brooks and I'm your host. In this series, we interview individuals from organisations and customer experience related practices, helping to understand just what superpowers you need to make an impact in today's world of customer centricity. In this episode, we meet up with Victoria Taylor. Victoria runs her own customer experience practice and her primary focus is helping organisers understand the value and importance of people. As she coins it, make people matter. 2020, we saw a drop in human contact with organisations and a detrimental impact to customer experience performance. We caught up with Victoria to understand, is this a blip or has the power of the person become more important than ever before? I'm really delighted to have Victoria Taylor with us. Now, I came across Victoria on a live LinkedIn, was compelled. Um, she talks a lot of sense when it comes to customer experience. She's got a particular area that I find quite interesting and looking forward to diving into that. So first of all, Victoria, welcome to the CX of Heroes podcast series. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. It, it, is a, it is a delight. And you've got such an upbeat bounce. I think you're, in, you know, you're the sort of fresh and vibrant voice we need for 2021. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Now, if people like me have come across you on LinkedIn and other areas or worked with you, they'll know who you are. But I'm, I'm guessing there's a, there's a portion of the world out there that's yet to get to know you. So would you mind giving us a quick appreciation of, of who you are and what you do? Okay, so thank you very much for that very kind introduction. So I'm Victoria Taylor and I have my own consultancy and I've been doing this for nearly 10 years now. So I'm getting a little bit older in the game, but yeah, 10 years. And I, I've always had a career around customers. Everything that I've ever done has been around customers. It's been around people. So prior to starting my own business, I've worked for different media outlets and various different areas, which were really heavily customer focused. Um, and I think that that is what inspired me really to, to deal with my own thing from working in companies that didn't necessarily treat customers how I wanted to treat customers, which is definitely something that inspired me to start my own business. Um, but going back even further than that, um, and something I know, I know we're going to you know, talk around a topic today. A teacher of mine, when I was back in school, when I was very young, she was um, a fantastic, fantastic teacher. And I was one of those kind of kids in school that was the outspoken child, the one that always did things differently to the other kids and the one that didn't really, I didn't really conform. I had my own voice. And while all the other kids and were, you know, conforming and all the other teachers saying, Victoria, can you not just do the same as everybody else? I just remember hearing that all the time. She was the one that really encouraged me to do my own thing, which was, which was amazing. And then sadly one Christmas we were, she was the music teacher as well. So I played the piano and she really encouraged me around playing the piano. And one Christmas we were in a school concert and she collapsed at the piano. And a couple of days later she passed away. And I will never forget like how it made me feel even at such a young age to lose somebody that had made me feel like I mattered when the other teachers didn't. And I think about it now and I talk about this, this teacher, Miss Evans, to clients today. And I say, you know, if she had a business today, I'd still be buying products from her three decades after her passing because of the impact she made on me as a person and how she made me feel. So that really inspired me to kind of take a long, 
on my journey, really, everything is about how we make people feel, which brought me into the customer experience arena, really, and, and the rest is history. So, yeah, wow. that's, that's it, really. A, that's a, that's a compelling, <laughs> compelling story, and I can understand how that would have made some deep-rooted kind of associations with your, your purpose going forward. And a few years later on, you're in the world of customer experience. Arguably, probably from that day onwards, you probably were, but, you know, become more yeah. knowingly and more conscious. Uh, along the journey, I mean, what, what are the, the lessons you've learned? I mean, you and I have been running consultancy practice for, for about the same time. What we have now is a much more mature version of what was around back then. So kind of what are the lessons you've learned on that journey? that everything changes um, and you know if we, if we take last year as a, an example of this everything changes and we have to be adaptable we have to be agile and no, no matter what happens and how much the world changes you know for every business to thrive we all need customers and you know if we don't put people at the heart of things then we're not going to have businesses so it doesn't matter how much the world changes around you if you can really put people at the center of it and put your focus on people and making people feel good, um, that's that's what builds businesses that are significant. So, and that leads me on to sort of what would you say if I was to kind of bump into you in a at an event as you're coming off stage and I just want to grab you know what's your philosophy on on customer experience or customer centricity? What what would you your kind of your line be back to me? You have to make people matter. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. You have to make matter that underlying and it might sound so simplistic but everything stems from that so you know you know very often we can get tied up in um jargon and lingo can't we around no matter what industry we're in and there is a lot of jargon and lingo around multiple industries but i think if we can bring it back to the simplicity that people have to lie at the core of everything that we do and then build out from there rather than thinking about terms and ticking boxes that we have to have to put people at the center of it Excellent. Well, this is where I uh, first the attraction to to the rhetoric you have on customer experience. And it was this expression, make people matter. Now, we've run a number of um, podcasts on employee engagement, uh, employee experience, and make people matter potentially sends me down that avenue, which is not a bad path. And I'm sure we'll kind of come back to this. But what was really interested about your take on make people matter is not boxing it in that area that actually is to think about it in a much broader context. So, so I'll let you expand upon your thinking on this and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive into some of those areas. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And make people matter is about employees. Um, it's about you. It's about me. It's about the accountant. It's about the supply chain. It's about every single person that comes into contact with your brand, whether they're a customer or not. It's about making all of those people matter all of the time, which is no easy feat because mm. you have to be continuously switched on. You know, customer experience is, it fascinates me because people think it's just for the customer experience department, but it's not, you know, it, it's in everything you do. It underlies everything you do. It's in, it's in this conversation here today. It's mm-hmm. in a phone call it's in a message it's in an email and it really is being on your game continuously mm-hmm. to make sure that you are providing a good people experience whether that's on the telephone or on email or when you talk to somebody at the golf course when we're allowed to do that again um, <laughs> or when you're you know in the pub having a conversation you know every every single person that you meet or you converse with or your employees meet or converse with have the impact to have an impact on your brand so if that's not filtering 
through and you're not creating a good experience then you're not going to create a good impression with your brand you're not going to you're not going to create that good experience so and also I say good experience I actually think it needs to now be great experience Mm -hmm. because you know I think I don't know about you but I think that the pandemic has shone a light on experience and I don't think there's any room to hide from bad experience anymore either um, because we are so digital facing and we are all you know we're you know we can jump on here today we, we wouldn't have done this 12 months ago you know it might have taken us two meetings to, you know two months to arrange a meeting but we're very quickly jumping on here and and everybody's doing that all around the world and there isn't any place to hide from it because we are we're all doing this now as part of our daily lives. So we we have to be continuously creating a great experience because everybody remembers a bad experience. Everybody remembers a great experience, but nobody really remembers a mediocre one. <laughs> so you need, you need to be delivering great or you might as well not really be delivering at all, you know? Excellent. I, well, I, I, I totally understand that. And I've seen some lots of research and there's some of the organisations are now creating some decent... Um, advice and recommendation guys but but things like the Edelman Trust Barometer which which highlighted that we won't give companies a second chance if they've okay we might give them a second chance if they fail to deliver my parcel but actually if they weren't looking after their staff we're not going to give them a second chance and I think probably what 2020 did for us is to see organizations what they're like when you remove the transaction so if I've not got a sale going on with you and I'm talking to you, how much do you care about me? Are you thinking about me in terms of the sale? Are you thinking about me in terms of a customer? And I think you're absolutely right there. What it's highlighted is that every interaction is either increasing or decreasing the confidence. I I, I always use the kind of expression, am I enjoying or enduring it? It's just binary. Am I enjoying or enduring it? And and, and, and you're right. So therefore, you've got to think, you know, even in the, my wife's, um, doing a passport reapplication for our son and uh, passport office actually very good at customer experience and and you can, how can you enjoy that boy you you can make that you know you can make that not so that you have to endure it you can kind of make sure that you remove the anxiety so therefore you can get on and enjoy other things so i think you're absolutely spot on there and i think you're you are right as well i think great is probably you know the the, the new permission to trade it's the new standard, isn't it? And I mean, I think I think throughout the pandemic as well, you know, I've certainly dealt with brands that I haven't dealt with before from a consumer point of view. And I always think it's a really good idea to put a consumer hat on as a customer experience professional um, to, to actually, because it's hard, isn't it? Very often you're coming from the customer experience side, mm-hmm. but actually to, to be that consumer and just absorb yourself as a consumer um, to know what impacts you. Because, you know, I had a, a clothing brand reach out to me on Instagram um, not to sell me anything. They just sent me a message to say, hi, Victoria. We just wanted to say, we know times are really tough right now. They commented on a particular picture of mine on Instagram to say, we really like this image that you, you, you know, created here. We just wanted to let you know that our inbox is open if you ever need to talk. I mean, wow. yeah. what, what a different level, sure. um, a, a completely different level. And how many brands are proactive in doing something like that? Because I tell you something, I hadn't bought anything from that company. I have now, but I haven't <laughs> at that point. But it was that wasn't just reactive. That was proactive. That was going, let's look at context and let's make this person matter. And that's what they did. And I just think that's amazing. You're talking about an organization there who I don't know whether they were an online retailer, but they started to connect 
different channels on retail to be able to reconnect with you in a way that maybe they could only do previously when you went into the store. Are you finding this, this thing about moving from good to great? Are you finding with the organizations you're talking to, their capability has gone up significantly and actually it's, it's going to be a new playing field? Oh, 100%. I think, I think that this whole digital transformation that we're seeing now and how, how people are being, they're, obviously people are upping their skills across the board. You know, there's, there's people and companies coming out of the, the air, literally putting themselves out there in completely different ways than what they have before. And I think they're really adapting, developing, um, developing their staff and investing time in developing their staff. So they are creating good experiences. And I think actually the fact that there are a whole ton of companies doing that now that's shining a light further on the ones that aren't because people have really taken this pandemic and accelerated and gone we've got to nail this we've got to nail this experience and then the guys that are just going oh just doing the regular stuff there's a massive contrast there's a huge contrast so yeah I think I think it's really sped things up and made a divide even bigger so these are skill sets that need to be improved. These are capabilities that need to be given to staff so that they can feel more confident with stuff, which I guess brings it back to this make people make you've got to make the people matter. So let's have a have a go at this from a couple of different angles. Then, so as I say, when we talk about make people matter, they're me talking about it, train them, get their skill sets, give them the technical capability. That's an area you, you typically go to. Let's talk the other end of the scale. Let's talk about CX strategy. How, how do you make people matter through that process of CX strategy, for instance? Yeah, so I've, I've recently written an ebook actually about this that taps into what I call the pre-experience. So before somebody is a customer, because at that point, they're not a customer having a customer experience, they're a person having people experience. Um, and what this, what this entry point strategy does, it, it looks at every potential point that somebody can come into contact with your brand to make an impression of your brand. And I split those areas into three areas and they are people, platform and places. So you've got entry point to your business through people that you know or people that you don't know, Mm -hmm. through platforms, which would cover email, telephone, social media, um, website, there's all kinds of different electronic entry points into your your business. And then places. So for example, um, have you been at a networking event or it could be on a train journey or it could have been on an aeroplane previously, every point where somebody has the potential to meet you. And if you're not, then you need to strategize each one of them And the first way you can do that is by acknowledging and knowing what they are. You know, I I actually wrote mine down last year at the beginning of the year and there were 72 entry points into my business. Yeah, 72 different entry points. What would you have have guessed, you know, Victoria, if I just said you how many entry points into your business before you did that, that audit, what would you have, you know, thought was a realistic estimate? 12, 10, 12, something like that, 10, maybe 15. And this is something that like, I mean, I'm, I'm quite granular on, on my different entry points into my business. So I was like, right, I'm going to write all these down. And then that led to me talking about this, a number of events last year, virtually, of course, um, which actually developed into a, a you know, a, an online service. It's something that I've always done with my clients in, in real life, but it's something that I'm able to do online now as well. But it's so important because we always talk about the experience when someone's a customer, but actually we need to get them to become a customer, right? Mm-hmm. So 
until they become a customer, we need to make sure that that pre-strategy is there. So I couldn't possibly tell you today how you can strategize every entry point because anybody listening to this, they'll all have different entry points. But what I can say is that the book will help. So I, you know, I am plugging the book here because it will, it will give you a, an actual layout as to how you can start approaching that. It's quite granular. It looks platforms. So yeah, that could help, I think. I mean, when you say plugging it, it's a freebie. So, you know, it's, it's not as, so it's there for people. It's yeah. there, you know, they get your, this this thought process you've been through, understanding how to apply it, it's there available for people. So if, if it's okay with you, we'll put a link on the description afterwards. And obviously any listeners can go and take advantage of that. So thank you for putting that out there to the community. Thank you. And I think in the book as well, you know, we talk about, um, moments there's a study done you know we we all have over 20,000 moments a day where we have the potential to have an experience Mm -hmm. over 20,000 and we are inundated with content and messages that are coming at us from digital from our real lives how do we become those brands that tap into those moments and tap into how the human brain works Mm. I have to look at how we operate as human beings and how we've operated since we were born and the book delves into that as well so sure. hopefully it'll help people to think about how how they can really do that and be proactive excellent excellent i think you've made a compelling case there for, for strategy so thank you for that what about uh, when it gets into things like experience design when you've kind of you know you've identified the root cause you've, you've engaged yeah. the customer you, you've mapped out where the, the challenge lies and you're starting to think about designing a better outcome i mean how how do you make people matter during that process yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to use um, an experience that I've, I've seen over the last couple of days, actually, just to illustrate an idea. So I think, I don't know whether you've seen Coca-Cola have been very clever, where they've looked at context, they've looked at the time of year, the pandemic, and they've looked at people. So they brought all those areas together, right, in this experience that they've designed. And it's something so simple that they've released their new Coke cans, they've removed the logo, and what they've done is they've put this year I will blank and then a line underneath it. And that is so the consumer can fill in those New Year's resolutions on the can as to what they're going to do. And it's about inspiring hope for the future and allowing people to be positive and optimistic as we go into a new year. And I think, you know, very often we talk about processes, but actually some of the best ideas around designing experiences is in in thinking about exactly where we are and when creativity meets context and people fascinating things can be developed so I think if you're thinking you know how can we design great experiences the best thing to do is take off your experience hat and put on your consumer hat Mm -hmm. think what what compels me what do I need right now you know I think you can't go far wrong by flip reverse in the process excellent and and obviously we're working in a in a remote world at the moment We've found consumers in research and collaboration sessions are actually more open. Uh, what we found are that the voices that are lost in focus groups are refound, and and this may be we've been dealing with uh, recently with a, a student population. They're very very comfortable with interactive whiteboards and putting information down in boxes because they text and they WhatsApp far more often than you know the older generation so so what we've actually found is there's no excuse to actually engage your customer as part of that experience design at the moment it's it's actually 
you know, we've we've been testing them on things like confirmation bias. Are you are you kind of reviewing other people's comments and they're saying no? So you're still even getting independent of thought. So are, are you finding that you know that there is no excuse that you can still include the customer and understand what matters to them in this? A hundred percent more than I think more than ever. And you know the fact that we are on digital more, we're able to be we're open to seeing so much more information about people as well you know there, there is no excuse we can see so much information about people and what I mean, we can understand how people are feeling there is no excuse for us to not be tapping into customer right now at all no excuse and, and then let's bring it back down to sort of you know rec- make, make people i mean it make you make a very compelling argument for it and it makes perfect sense but i guess if i'm the the chief financial officer i'm sitting there saying everything in business is a is a strategy it's got to deliver competitive advantage how do you account for the the advantage that focusing on making people matter brings where, where do you see the return for the organization and, and is it just a commercial return or is it actually much broader than that i think it's i think it's much broader than that and that's and i think that's a difficult thing as well because you know very often you know when we're you know, you're talking with organizations and they very much focus the results on financials, um, which is, you know, it's, and of course it's there, but but it does go much further than this. And if we're looking at generating long-term relationships, we can't just be concerned with short-term transactions. We're thinking about building for longevity and not just for the immediate future. So I think we always have to be um, mindful and building with the, you know, the sales strategy in mind, but if you want to be a brand that is significant and not just survive through this, you have to make people a priority. Mm. You know, we look at some of the, the biggest brands in the world that have really fallen from grace this year. You know, they're very, you know, catch, cash rich in their pockets. They've treated people terribly. They've bled money out left, right and center. Some of the biggest CEOs have taken huge chunks of money and they've got rid of staff. And you just think, well, you know, we, we have to take care of people and Mm -hmm. the world is watching and I think you know if we aren't if we're not doing that now then what potential are we it's very easy to be blindsided by just the what what's it bringing now and I think it's important to have a what's it bringing now with a what's it generating long term as well and it's having that balance between the two excellent and and you said there I mean we won't name names of of some of these organizations but I think you know history will deal with them in its own way flip it over there are some organizations out there that I'm sure you've you've been inspired by I mean are there are there a couple of case studies or brands that you can mention that you know you think are worth us tracking and and keep an eye on for good reasons yeah do you know and this is going to seem like the most probably bizarre example but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Timpsons yes have you Yeah, like James, James Timpson is a fantastic guy. Um, I think he's always been very um, involved with employee experience, like way, way before the pandemic anyway. You know, he's he's got an excellent system um, within his company where they take care of employees. And, you know, he's paid for court fees. He's sent people on honeymoons. He's sent sick children away on holidays. He's got a company house overseas that he sends people to for holidays when they they haven't been able to afford them themselves so he's really invested in his employees experience with the company Um, he also rehabilitates people that have been in prison you know the guy is a very culture driven person dry cleaning suits for people that haven't been able to 
pay for them to go for interviews mm-hmm. for them throughout the pandemic. He's really embodied what it means to put people first. And that is people in every aspect. So within brand, out of brand, people that aren't even customers that just need their suits cleaning. You know, he's he's been a real champion, I think, throughout this pandemic of taking care of people. I watched a video just before Christmas, I think it was, of employees that had, obviously he, he kept people's jobs going. So he, he kept them yep. all on, kept paying them all as well. And this video was of the staff and their kids saying, thank you, James, thank you, James. And it honestly, it gave me, it gave me a real lump in my throat because I was like, these, these kids are having Christmas because he's taken care of them. And these families are surviving and being able to eat food and not have to worry about their jobs because he's taking care of them. And I think he's been a real shining example through the pandemic actually of, you know, how, how we can really take care of people. Another recent one I would say is um, actually Brewdog. And I know it's divided opinion. Um, and some people think, you know, it's potentially a, a marketing side to it, which yes, there, w- there will be a marketing side to it, but they are closed. They're not able to trade in their establishments right now, but they've got a ton of fridges in all of their establishments. And, you know, they've said to the government, we're offering these up so you can vaccinate more people. So they're looking at a collective experience. What can they do for the community? People, it's not not selling anything with their brand. It's not selling a thing, but what they're doing is saying, let's offer up our premises and do something for the greater good. So they've put people first. Well, I I very much like... um... Uh, you know the fact that you can connect the concept to some some real life examples and I know of Timpsons and I've often used the example of the free dry clean if you can't you know and work what I didn't know was what went on below the surface and I think what what you've done there is to highlight the balance is actually what I've seen is a an example of what is clearly a cultural piece that runs to the core of the values and the purpose of the organization and actually what he's got there is a balance where you know 80 percent of that is going on for his employees so therefore when I walk into a Timpsons that sentiment that I see on the board is runs through every one of those engagement points because it's just it's why would I do it any differently you know the leader does it for me like this so therefore I'm going to do it for you that like the customer so I think that's a really good connected piece it is excellent when you find leaders like that um out there keeping their staff, keeping their customers and keeping their communities involved by delivering better experiences. So no, thank you very much for sharing that. Well, Victoria, this this has been a brilliant discussion. If people want to continue the discussion with you, how can they reach you? We've got the ebook. What's the name of the ebook? Um, it's called Points of Entry Strategy, Unlocking People Experience. Awesome. So, so we'll put the link in on, on this description. But how else can they get hold of you if they want to talk to you? Yeah, they can connect with me all over social media um, at Victoria Tail UK, which is T-A-Y-L-U-K. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on LinkedIn there, Victoria Tail UK as well on there. So, um, yeah. You're there for uh, keynote speaking if people would like yeah. to have you um, inspire their audiences as well. I am indeed. Yeah, I'm doing. Um, I'm doing a few. Virtu- I've actually got one tomorrow. Yeah, I'm doing a few virtual talks at the moment, which is which is nice because you know experience experience never sleeps. We might be in a different <laughs> world, but experience doesn't sleep. So we've got to keep flying the flag and helping people to raise the bar. That feels like a nice t-shirt. Experience never sleeps. I like that. Yeah. Excellent. Well, look, maybe for- we'll get that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe that will be us pivoting our businesses into. Yeah, maybe um, we'll do t-shirts. <laughs> 
customer experience uh, merchandise. I have seen a few hats and T-shirts out there. I, I'm not sure it's a sustainable future, if I'm honest with you, <laughs> Victoria. I think you should stick with helping companies and, and inspiring leaders, if that's okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I wish you well in 2021. More of the same, help others and, and keep the message uh, that you're presenting flowing out there amongst the community. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.